Black Lives Matter. And thank you for tuning back in to the Hearts Conspiracies and UFOs podcast. My name is Jarvey, and we have another cracking show for you today. We're going to go through all the latest Hearts news as we approach pre-season. Jolly Jambo is on the phone all the way from Benidorm as he continues to evade the Midlovian police after an incident in the Dalkeith Miners Club beer garden last week. Everyone's favourite out of context, Jambo's kickback is back again. And me and the boys will be discussing our best ever Hearts games that we have been at. And who are the boys, I hear you ask? Well, I'm joined by Paddy, Simon and Hammy. How are we doing, boys? Have you been up to much in the last week? Fuck the SFA. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck the SFA. You know, good mood tonight there, Paddy. <laughs> Um, no, I've not been up to much myself, Jarvie, you know, um, in lockdown at the moment, I was out at the weekend finally having some socially distant drinks in a friend's garden, which uh, ended up with me excessively drunk, but other than that, not much else really. Lovely. I was at the vets today, that was the, the highlight of my day, other than oh. working. I had to wait outside, I had to give, give a woman <laughs> my dog at the door. <laughs> That was weird. Did you get back? Hey, did you get back, the same one back? That is my way. That is my way. The paddy, other than other than fuck the SFA, have you been up to much yourself? No, not today. Not slightly hungover. <laughs> on a school night. Terrible. It's not been a school Simon night for me for about yourself? six years. <laughs> well, that's true. Simon, yourself. Nah, nothing much. We we have booked to go to eat in a restaurant on Saturday night. Oh, what? Quite quite exciting. Yeah. Should we tell so, the Should we tell the listener fam that uh, we're all meeting up for our second works night out on Friday night? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've, uh, so we've we've booked the uh, away up in Gorgie package. Um, a bit of a faux pas. We've uh, we've booked for for six people to go and we didn't realise that it's maximum tables of four so one person's going to have to do some sort of speed dating <laughs> I say we just let Jolly Jambo sit there on his own yeah. uh, Jolly Jambo is flying back in from Benidorm for the occasion yeah. him and Strange Man look out for that Strange Man the, the deserter Strange Man um, who we hope to have on the podcast one day once he's recovered from his bad problem to go <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He deserves it. Um, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to Friday. That'll be good. So we, we're actually going to be drinking pints from draft pints inside a pub on Friday night. Don't know how I feel. I'm well, glad to believe that that is the case. <laughs> hey? Covid on Saturday. Something to look forward to. Covid on Saturday. Right. Well, we'll be socially distanced. So be careful. 
Okay, well, aye, looking forward to that on Friday then. Um, let's talk about some heart stuff, shall we? Um, we were going to talk about the director of football role and what was going on, but it's just been confirmed in the last 24 hours that um, it's been confirmed that it's been pushed back for a year um, for one reason or another, most likely to do with kind of cost savings um, and with the court case ongoing. Um, Simon, speak to you on this. Are you bothered by that at all? Can you see that having any any impact on, on things for this season, not having one in place? You'd like to think that we can get through the championship without one because what do you think the director of football really does? Sign, sign players? Yeah. Like, what does he do? Well, that, that should be their, their main role is to oversee all, all transfer signings and and have schedules in place for bringing through youth players and kind of playing a part in the, the whole setup, the, the lower tiers of youth football as well and where players are moving around. Aye. I think what they're trying to say is well, it's probably going to be Craig Levine. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is available. Just forget about him for a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's always available. Um, no, I wonder what will happen with Craig Levine. He obviously was uh, he was loosely linked to the Dundee United job. That was never going to happen. The fans wouldn't allow it. But <clears throat> you know, we might see Craig Levine at another Championship night side next season. Can you imagine? There isn't going to be a championship next season. We're taking the SFA and the SPFL to the cleaners. <laughs> That's the other option. I don't know what I'd prefer. Prefer like an away day and Craig Levine's in the dugout. And the abuse it would be quite satisfying. That would be superb. Um, or in the Premier League, I'd probably take that. Take seeing Craig Levine standing taking abuse for Hearts fans for like a minute. It would be almost therapeutic. I feel like we've earned it. I feel like we have that, that a right to just let it all out. Aye. Aye. Well, let's talk about the, it's not quite the season starting, but pre-season at least is starting. Um, where the boys are going back to training on August the 3rd. And if the, the kind of schedule for the Premier League clubs is anything to go by, we could actually have weekly friendlies all the way up till our season starting on October 17th. Um, if you think about it, the only friends hearts have now in Scottish football is Partick, Fizzle, Stranraer, Inverness and Falkirk. Um, so there, there's four games. Just play them on rotation for two months. Um, why? At least things are things are moving. We're getting there. We've got allies uh, in France. Just speaking though. of pre-season boys, um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a one of it. It's my crazy Italian again. <laughs> um, speaking of pre-season, it's been confirmed this week that uh, John Suter and Peter Haring are returning um, for the full of pre-season. They're expected to be fully fit and taking part as normal. Um, Paddy. You must be delighted. You must be delighted, delighted with that. I would have thought. Well, if they're both fit, yeah, but I'd, I'd like to see how long it lasts, especially with John Suter's cheese string hamstrings. It's <laughs> oh, a shame. <laughs> both cracking players, but yeah, we'll need to see what happens there. Um, Peter of- Peter Haddon. Peter Haddon would look like Paolo Maldini in the Championship. Oh, uh, he's going to look oh. phenomenal. If he comes back the player he was before he went like got injured, because obviously it's it's quite an insane injury to even just come back for forget reach the level that you were at before it. 
But if he comes back and he is that level, it's going to be the best watching the best Hearts player ever. I completely agree. It's easy to forget just how good Peter Haring was. He was levels above 95% of players in the, in the Premier League. He will absolutely stroll the championship once he gets himself back up to speed. Um, on the topic of John Souter and his cheese string hamstrings, um, you've got John Souter, <coughs> debatably John Souter, but you've got Craig Gordon and Stephen Naismith all wanting back into the Scotland squad. Um, now, as we approach the international fixtures later in the year, they're going to have to rely heavily on <coughs> very competitive friendlies to get them anywhere near contention to get called up. Um, there's a very good chance Stephen Naismith and Craig Gordon will. Um, Hammy, what's your thoughts on that? Is there, is there any way Steve Clark can bring Gordon Naismith, maybe even Suter, into the squad? Without, with, with no sort of competitive games, I, I think they would be extremely lucky. Mm. I'm not sure I'd be too keen on it myself. You know what it's like at the start of seasons when players come in after they've done friendlies and all that? They're never, it always takes a few actual competitive games to get them up to speed and when you've got players playing in all other leagues that are currently playing competitively because we decided to shut down nah I can't see it myself I think you've hit the nail on the head there Hammy it's about well who else plays in the positions that Naismith Gordon and um, Suter are playing and are they playing competitive football right now at a higher level and the answer is yes to that. So I think they're yeah. they're obviously going to be be picked over them. Yeah. Don't want it to happen. Don't want them to get injured, especially Suter. Like he gets injured standing up. So. <laughs> Chris really hating on Suter today, Paddy. No, no, no. I feel, I feel sorry for him because he's a great talent, but he's always injured. If this is if this is what you're like when you feel sorry for someone, I do not want to hear what it's like when you actually don't like someone. <laughs> oh no, I know. I hate to, hate to hear what you say about us being close those brothers. Speaking of position, Simon, that was a good point. Um, when you look at the, the strikers, for example, you've got Ollie McBurney who's firing on, on all cylinders. He's having a superb season in the English Premiership. But other than that, I mean, you've got Lee Griffiths who's just returned to training this week and being told he's not going to France with the rest of the Celtic squad because he's put on so much weight. Um, surely there's got to be a chance Stephen Naismith gets into that squad. Nah, I, I just I can't see it. If he's not playing competitive football, there's there's going to be other players who are. Not exactly blessed of centre forwards, but we'll see. We'll see. Even Fletcher will probably do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was comes out of retirement or something. He was he was a bit. Well, clubs at Stephen Fletcher right now. Is it not still Chef Wed? Chef Wednesday. He's yeah. still there, is he? I think so. I, think I so. remember. He's not been in the limelight for a wee while. Since he's uh, his days in France, just speaking off the kind of tail end of pre-season, um, going to, into the season start, which is penciled in just now for October seventeenth, the same day as the the old firm game. Um, I think clubs are getting balloted this week to see if they want to take part. Not sure if this is a ballot to decide if the cup's actually going ahead, or if it's a ballot to see what clubs want to take part in the league cup. Um, but this could end up falling into something similar to a normal season, where it's a kind of table. So your pre-season normally now, for the last couple of years, is just to play your league cup games. Then that gets you through to the next round. 
<clears throat> so you could be talking, take a couple of weeks back from October, so the end of September, we could have, I don't know if you could really call them competitive games, but some form of competition by then. So we've just got to play Partick Thistle 800 times in the meantime. <laughs> Get Stephen, get Stephen Ace with it at the Scotland squad. <laughs> um, just some new news that came to light. I'm not sure if you've seen this. It was just in the last couple of hours that Hearts have been linked with Dundee United's Callum Butcher, um, who Robbie Nielsen holds to a high regard. Um, 29 years old, a defensive midfielder. Um, Paddy, does that sound like the type of player we need, regardless of his level? Um, we do need a holding midfielder, but and Peter Haring will probably do that job. Yeah, exactly. And surely, Paddy, we're desperate for our wingers. I was, I was quite disappointed to see straight away that we're being linked with another centre midfielder. I mean, we don't have a midfielder. I either. think what this is, I think what this is, is I spoke about it maybe last week or the week before, but Robbie Nielsen needs to bring in the right leaders. Mm-hmm. Because there's no leader, there's no leadership at that in that squad right now. Yeah, there's there's good players, but how can a squad of that talent be that bad so consistently? Yeah, yeah. there's no accountership and There's no leadership or accountability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't um, laugh at me, Mister Arbroath Smokies. <laughs> so I think that bringing this guy in, I've obviously not seen much of him, but looking at his age and just from what I have seen about him, putting him in because he's a good leader. I think that's what he must see from working at Dundee United one. Yeah. Simon. Yes. Is he in relation to Terry Butcher? Because I'm definitely not interested if he is. <laughs> you know, I actually checked that when I read it earlier. I don't believe he is. No. Good. You want to take Terry Butcher in the center. He'll come up later. He's a good player. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Hammy, to, to speak about your number one uh, coaching option, it looks like Lee McCulloch could be coming to the hearts as what, what first of all seemed like fiction is now becoming reality. How are you feeling about that? To be fair, right, the more I've, I've sort of read in it and all that, uh, he, he seems to be quite highly rated. I still think he's a, just a bit of a bellend, but... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if he can get us winning games, then I'll take it for a season. He, max, if you it. think about it, right, Robbie Nielsen obviously gives the fourth official a bit, uh, a bit of lip. But if you've got Lee McCulloch backing you up, mm-hmm. screaming at the fourth official, you're yeah. going to get a few more decisions. I'll be there on Friday. Hammy versus Lee McCulloch. <laughs> oh God, that's no fair. I'd smash him. <laughs> Uh, so you know how they say um, okay, good managers and assistant managers are good cop, bad cop from, from what I've read it's actually that Lee McCall is the good cop and Nielsen's the, the hard ass apparently he's the know, nicest guy apparently he's the nicest guy um, Simon let's have a wee talk about our Uchi bet as uh, Uchi's been in the papers this week uh, speaking with the, the evening news talking about his time under Stendhal um, Stendhal told Uchi openly that he didn't rate him at all and he is feeling very fired up to the season how are you feeling about that in terms of our Uchi goal bet I mean all all, all signs are looking good for you really 
I mean, I'm not surprised that Stendhal said that he downs his football ability. I don't think anyone really who watches him often thinks he's a good footballer. Okay. He's he's got a great impact. He's great strength, and I think the 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 ability may be there if it's if he's able to develop a wee bit more. Mm-hmm. But I, there's a reason he's at heart. He's not very good at football. <laughs> he's a, a bit for that at the runners, actually. Yeah. I mean, I always think with Fucci, if he's up against a big centre-back, he struggles. If he's up against Scott McKenna, if he's up against uh, Stuart Finlay, some of these big guys, he just struggles because his tactics doesn't work. But I could I could see Fucci ripping up the championship. But you just step down a level and the, the, the kind of size or the athletic ability of the centre-backs at these clubs. Yeah, I could see Fucci tearing it up. He might have more assists than goals, though, I reckon. He's not the most prolific goal scorer. But I think he could play a big part for us if Nielsen likes him. Yeah, and that's the thing. You've got to give everyone a clean slate, but yeah. Nielsen will know what Uchi is. He'll not. He'll have seen enough on to understand. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> and uh, just to remind the viewers, if they didn't listen to, what was it, our, our first podcast we, we talked up the bit? Yeah. Thanks what was the, the term, sir? I don't remember. Could it have been? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, if Uchi scores under 15 goals, you have to give me 1,000 pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <clears throat> no, it was, if Uchi scores over 1,000 goals, you have to <laughs> give me 15 pounds. <laughs> no, no, but I think what I'm saying is, so it's <clears throat> over under 15 goals. If for every goal under 15, Simon has to give me £10, i.e. if he scores 10 goals, Simon gives me 50 And likewise, if it's over 15 goals, I give Simon £10 a goal. But Uchi has to play in how many games, Simon? 25. <laughs> 25 <laughs> games out of a 27-game season. <laughs> Which renders the bet useless. But we'll see. We'll see. Just Listen, if he has a good season. All he has to do is stay fit. That's it. So, like, because it is lesser games, there's less need for the players to actually be rested. You know yeah. what I mean? So, there's a chance that I could play in 25 games. So, we'll see. They're just uh, Osman so will be signed in it. He'll never kick a ball next season. <laughs> um, <clears throat> other than that, then, <clears throat> let's talk about the um, the elephant in the room. Let's go over to, to QC Hammy, our, our legal aide, to talk about the latest court news. Hammy, what's been happening? What the hell is going on? Well, there? because of the fact that it's not being held in open court and it's competing, it's went to the Arbroath Smokies, or arbitration. Um, it's obviously all very quiet and nothing's publicised, um, and that's the whole point of it. Um, so the latest I heard was that it's actually going to be starting on Thursday, this Thursday. Um, so okay. what's Tuesday the 14th of day, so that'll be 16th it's meant to be starting. We'll not really know about anything that happens in that because it's rigged really, but you know that's just my opinion. But today it came out the SFA have decided that they have not uh, put in a notice of complaint to Hearts and Partick for the sole reason of taking the SBFL to court because that's against the rules and we talked about this recently that you can't take the SBFL to court that's against their own rules now no matter what you think of that and it just it's just mind-boggling to me it's against the rules yeah. 
So, and what they said was that the punishment could be expulsion for the league or a million pounds fine or suspension, of course, as well. So that's now on us and Partick. So whilst we are setting up this Thursday for arbitration, our QCs, our lawyers and everything will be working on that, building up our case. I believe it's next Monday that we've got a hearing in front of the SFA about taking them to court. Well, so Ken, what I would do, I would send... I would send the just anybody to that hearing with the SFA. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would just send. I'd send. I. I'd send like one of the youth team players. I'd be like, just go, turn up, listen to whatever they say, take whatever they give you, and just come back. <laughs> I'd treat it with such disdain. I'd honestly probably get in trouble for the disdain that I treated it with. <laughs> I just, I well, would just be like, of us for get it to be delayed. I, no, yeah, you're, you're right because we it's went to court. Stupid. We went to court, and they said we had a a, a case, and that said that if we can't take them to court, like the idea of us having to ask to take them to court, like should be quoted. You're completely right. What he said that. Our case was founded that we had a right to take it to court, but we had to follow the correct procedures that are laid out when it comes to arbitration first. And he also made a comment about the punishments and just how excessive and, and stupid they really were. So, you know, let them go for it. Um, and let's just. Okay. Paddy, could you sum, sum that up for me in three words? Can't do it in three. But I just think, this. <laughs> I've already said that, that people know my feelings on them. They're just made. They're just like they're just a pathetic waste of fresh air. That's that's what the SFA is. SPFL SFA. It's unbelievable. All of them. And remember, guys. Remember, Neil Doncaster, head of the SPFL, is also on the SFA board. Yeah, that's how corrupt it is. So. Perfect. And what do we think, boys, about Lachlan Cameron, the chairman of Air United this week, saying that he thinks there should be a commissioner for the SPFL or SFA like they have in American sports? If they just what would be, be the difference Doncaster. between that and what Neil Doncaster If you did, didn't it? The way, uh, the way a commissioner works basically is they, have, they call all the shots without consultation. They don't report to a board. They wouldn't ask for club owners' feedback. They just make the decisions. That's it. Can you that imagine how badly that was working? We've already got Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's Celtic, Paddy. <laughs> All right, sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's Celtic winning titles, yes. Um, but yeah, it sounds very much like a dictatorship to me. You know, some think that the NBA commissioner, I can't remember his name, he's, fought, he's meant to be the best commissioner they've ever had. But you look at how much in the NFL they hate the commissioner there. You know, it's just, it just sounds like a dictatorship to me. It sounds awful. Not for me. Um, Paddy, you ready to sum up the, the SPFL in three words? Fuck the SPFL. <laughs> Thank you. So one more letter than I was looking for, but that's fine. <laughs> um, Oh, sorry, okay, boys, well, thanks well. for your thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay.
Well, listen, boys, my phone's ringing off the hook here. Jolly Jambo's been phoning me non-stop for the last five minutes. So let me answer, and let's go live over to Benetton with the fugitive, with the fugitive himself, Jolly Jambo. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. Hello, hello, Jolly. How are you there? All right, Jarvie, how's it going? I'm not too bad, thank you, Mr. Jolly. How are you doing? Aye, uh, no bad, you can. Like, uh, living on the, on the run like the old Chapo and that can. Fishbowl <laughs> on one hand, flaming sangria on the other. <laughs> you enjoying yourself in Benidorm then, Jolly? Oh, it's smashing like, eh, we can, the wife's not happy, eh, we'll, eh, left her at home with the kids and the dog, but I guess that's the life of the fugitive, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's pretty quiet here, eh, there's like, three white plastic chairs kicking about, which might be great if you were an English football hooligan, but, you know, well, actually, maybe that's how you should market the place in the off-season, you know, Benidorm, <laughs> three chairs. <laughs> Speaking of... Well, I was going, you know, going through the classic here, you know, the weather, the weather's no bad, you know, got a, got a cracking tan line on the go, yeah. <laughs> my arms look like a couple of refresher bars, you know, don't know, if you're, <laughs> don't know if you're into that yourself, you know, you're probably maybe a city break culture vulture man yourself, you know. <laughs> I, I like the beach myself as well, you've got to get your tap yeah. half, oh jolly. That's surprising for a, a man of your hair colour, you know. <laughs> uh, speaking of your wife, is the, the Midlovian guard the Seville been in touch with the family at all looking for you? You heard any news from back home? Look, there's obviously only certain things I can say because, you know, it's like the hearse at the moment with the legal, legal battles, but um, <laughs> you know, there was a bit of a, a misunderstanding at the, at the bowling club beer garden when they reopened and a bit of ruckus ensued and probably have to leave out of that, you know. I understand. Say no more. Um, let, well, let's have a wee on just to say as well. But I do understand you're planning on making an appearance on the at Tyne Castle this Friday night for the way up. Well, you never know. Eh? Fuck it. I can get myself a flight back. You know, um, like to be there. You know, like to have a few drinks with the boys. Um, obviously, I might have to make a quick exit back across this way. But um, I will. We'll see what we can work out. Thanks, Ron. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you there, Jolly. Fingers crossed you'll get through customs. Um, what we'll do then, let's have a wee talk about hearts. Um, first of all, I wanted to get your take on, on this proposal from Lachlan Cameron, um, the big Yankee that's the chairman of AIR, proposing that the SP, well, sorry, the SFA should appoint a commissioner. What's your thoughts on that? So is that, that what they're looking for, eh? Is that, that what, they're, what they're going with? Well, says says one man from America. Well, like, I mean, what a nonsense, you know. I mean, look, I can Scottish football's a mess. Everybody kens it's a mess and it needs to change like gay, but America's hardly a shining fucking light, Ken. <laughs> Christ. That's like, I mean, that's like starting as an actor and aiming to be Ben Affleck, you know. <laughs> Who, if you think about it, it's actually look like that David Luiz at the Arsenal. They're on the now, eh? Continually highly paid to deliver absolutely push performances. No, it's I, I'm I'm not in favour of that at all. I think what we need is a total overhaul of the governing bodies. You know, clear out the dead wood and maybe you know bring in some intelligent people. Obviously, Hearts have done that today, bringing in Jim Jeffries. They have indeed. I know. Breaking news. You must be delighted with that. A man well, of future. 
I think it's fantastic. You know, love to see him back. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised, to be honest. Is, is he working for free? Because I've, I've heard we've not got any cash because of the, the court case and that, eh? I think I'm sure he's taking a wage. It's not free. I think from what I've read today, it's a, a six-month contract. His main duties are going to be between now and the season starting for the for the kind of summer transfer window, if you can still call it that. Well, to be honest, though, like maybe that's right, because see if it all goes wrong, we'll put Robbie in at right back. Jim will be back <laughs> on the touchline, we'll be fine, eh? <laughs> that's a good point. Watch this space. Um, Jolly, later on the show, I'm going to be asking the boys what their best ever Hearts game is that they've been at. Can I ask you, have you got any thoughts on what yours would be? Oh, probably. Oh, no, that's, a, that's an easy one, eh? It's an easy one. Ken. Mm-hmm. I'll set the scene. I'm going to set the scene first, you know. Um, so here we go. It was a day after Christmas. No through the house. No a creature was stirring. No even a moose. And all of a sudden, with a big mil- mighty thud, like Jolly got up with his bed in the scud. <laughs> that's, that's how the day started, Ken. Down to Tynecastle after far too many advocates and Baileys on Boxing Day 2006. Hearts versus Hibs in the Edinburgh Derby. Do you mind the game, Jarvie? I think I do, I think I do. Well, I mean, that's that's the, the setting, you know. For, for there, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory what happened. A few pints in the boozer before, a wee sing-song. And then, as Hearts do, we play an AJ game against the Hibs. You know, it's never, apart from if it's a Hamden, it's never that comfortable. Okay? <laughs> and then, you know, we're, we're 2-1 up, go to the game, then all of a sudden, bang, penalty to them, 2-all. And that big balloon, Dean Shields, as well, he's taking it, and he scored it, and we're like, oh, no. Then, bang, he's run in there, fists in the air, knock Craig Gordon on his ass. Now, all of a sudden, in the ensuing melee, the boy's off, red card for a celebration, now you've ploughed in the goalkeeper. Madman. <laughs> anyway, we all came, what happens next? We go up the other end. Ball comes across the edge of the box, Mika Lunas, right into the top left bag, absolute screamer, and then, oof, that's us, out of there, oof, they polish off the turkey and the last of the Christmas breezers, happy as Larry, Ken. <laughs> oh, superb. Aye. Not, not long to wait till football's back now, Jolly, we'll get a Christmas calendar. We might, uh, oh, if you're, if jink, you're not still jink, on the run. will be back at the games anytime soon, I mean, I, I might still be over here, I might, might be watching the local, the local Spanish boys, Ken. <laughs> I'm going to say that we'll have maybe even a full capacity at Tynecastle for the season starting 17th October we've just went a full week without any deaths in Scotland, things are ploughing on now and most importantly the old firm game is October the 17th which means you can be confident that there'll be a full stadium of fans at that one That's a very fair point, very fair point Jarvin I think, you know, obviously we've just got to keep that message up is wash your hands for the hearts, Ken. (laughs) Sooner you've washed your hands, get rid of this virus, we can get back to Tynecastle, get on with our lives, eh? It's all close to our hearts. Exactly, exactly. Well, Jolly, I hope with all my hearts that you make it to Tynecastle this Friday night. Get yourself over. It might be a bit dodgy getting a plane, mind you. You should probably just try and get a lift. Well, I've got a beach party with my name on it now, eh? so I'll have the boost, Jarvis. See you later. See you later. Cheers, Jolly. Bye-bye. Okay, well, now let's go over to Hammy for Out of Context, Jambles Kickback. Oh, 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 oh,
What have you got for us this week, Cammy? Well, lads, what have I not got? That's a real question. I've got a thread called Bear Pit Time Castle. Oh, God. I knew, I knew this would be a Bobby Dazzler <laughs> the minute I seen it. It's a nine-point plan about how to make Time Castle as unwelcoming as possible. <laughs> well, like booby traps and that. <laughs> Jarvie, you're not far off, sadly. Oh, God. So it starts off though as well, saying it uh, probably been done before. It's not. It's not. <laughs> uh, number one, feck shaking hands at the start of the match. Get the players to walk around half bit of each half to the music of Zordos Priest. I think that's the name. Alpe or any military music. Okay. Number two, do a reverse what? huddle. Get the players to stand in a tight circle, applauding the supporters. Let the manks do their stupid secret gathering. <laughs> Number three, give the least amount of tickets to away fans and ban any drums, flags, etc. Put the foot through the drums and leave them outside Town Castle so they, so they can collect them and feck off. <laughs> well, we, we hired the uh, SS to, to do the doors or Jarvie, is this your, is this yours? Is this your idea? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's funny. Mine would be, mine would be yes, like booby traps. Well, like, like they open up a door in the away end, and a glass of water spills on them. <laughs> a glass of a glass of halftime pies. <laughs> it's funny you mention halftime pies. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. Um, at four, at each substitution or goal scored, announce the first names and let us shout the surnames, like in Germany. Oh, I'm not sure that would work at Tynecastle for more. Honestly, <laughs> half 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 the boys I sit around, like the old boys, have absolutely <laughs> no idea who's coming up. <laughs> Hi, that's true. Um, <laughs> number Jolly five, Jumble. Jolly Jumble's still shouting for Christian Need to come on. <laughs> Get that bloody Need on. <laughs> Christian Need. <laughs> um, number five, let the press in and give them pelters. I'm pretty sure we do that anyway, though. Yeah. Andy Walker. You know. Even the the roof leaks right on the press bit as well, which is nice. <laughs> That's a, that wasn't a design flaw. That was <laughs> yeah. American. Um, number six, um, hospitality. Any leftover pies in Bovril, then get them to feck out of Tyne Castle. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if he means pies in Bovril or if he means the fans that leave them. I don't, I, he didn't go into too much detail about that. Um, well, so he wants to chuck the... Pies and Bovril Aye. How rage is that? Bear <laughs> <laughs> Pit Tynecastle, remember. Um, number seven, give a rousing welcome to opposing teams to Tynecastle. So I, I imagine he's got sort of Liverpool fans and Man City in his mind, but again, I don't think, I think my fans aren't that bothered, really. Um, number eight, at, at the end, of the match, managers only no answering questions and then walk out. Just no interviews, nothing. I'm pretty sure most players and managers are contractually obliged to do interviews <laughs> after matches. Ah, but this is Bear Pit Tynecastle, Simon. Come on, Bear Pit. It's sounding um, very, very majors. Once again. <laughs> Well, um, a lot of statements, uh, well, Stephen, a lot of, lot of name tickets for away fans. It's like Stephen Gerrard refuses to speak to uh, Sports Sound, doesn't he? 
So when you're watching the highlight uh, sports scene, sorry. So when you're watching the highlights instead of seeing his manager interview, you just get a statement on the screen. Why is that? No, you must you must hate Michael Stewart. I'd imagine something like that. Alex Ferguson. Oh, Alex Ferguson, he did, didn't he? That was a good couple of years that happened. Point number nine is uh, dress time castle with giant flags. Take your medicine and only hearts banners. And then he finishes it with, uh, never forget the injustice, threats, lies, disgusting images of our badge, ridicule, hysterical attacks from SPFL and our independent press and media and the actions of other clubs who thought they could kick us when we were down. That was all one sentence. There was no grammar there. <laughs> Fake them. Fake them all. We are heart of Midlothian. Only hearts, always hearts. So, Ooh. I like it. <laughs> I have got to say, like, you can take the good, good and bad points from that. Bear pit time castle, boys. What, what was the comments back to that, Hammy? Well, there was. Uh, I was with you until point four. The rest is just nonsense. <laughs> and, right, so remember, the point one was shaking hands, do a reverse huddle, um, give the least amount of tickets, and each substitution or goal scored announce the first names like in Germany. Right. So the rest of it, like, let the press in and give them pelters, that's nonsense. <laughs> no, it already happens. happens. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, uh, my, I think my favourite bit of shithousery from Tyne Castles, the, the stadium announcer. So if the refs had a howler in the first half, like if he's not gave Hearts any decisions, then he's introducing the second half, like he'll say, and uh, Kevin Clancy is about to get us underway. <laughs> like, so sarcastically, <laughs> to give time for all the crowd to go, boo! <laughs> I've never noticed stuff. that before. Uh, you can, when he needs to, when it's, when it's at his worst, he'll do it. Um, but I honestly think it just makes it, makes the refs even more biased against us. He's <laughs> a rod right up their back. If anything, we should say it like, and wonderful referee Kevin Clancy is about to get us back on the way. I know it's been, I know it's been tough for you, but we respect <laughs> your decisions and we look forward to the second half. <laughs> <laughs> nah, go, go, go cutthroat. Oh, Paddy, no way, Paddy, you'd go cutthroat. <laughs> is this your new gimmick, Paddy? You missed a miserable. <laughs> I don't like referees either, though, Jarvie. <laughs> understandable, understandable. Um, well, um, Paddy, since you're since you're in the mood, if you could uh, if you could do anything to booby trap or, or do something to piss off the away fans, what would you do? Well, I'd go full Indiana Jones at the start of the first one, just a big boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Down those steps where all the fans come up uh, inside the high school. <laughs> oh, that could work. Superb. For me, I just locked the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then they just piss all over the 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 foyer. That's true. Ooh. Yeah, they probably make well, some, hello. Of some fan base smell a bit. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, thanks for that, Hammy. Certainly some food for thought, anyway. Um, Hopefully, like getting the like getting Tyne Castle back open for pints. Hopefully, they can uh, write to write to Hearts again and maybe incorporate some. You never know. We'll see. 
Um, let's move on then, boys, and let's have a talk about the best games that we've ever been at as Hearts fans. <laughs> So many to choose from, so many for some reason, one made another, but against Hibs. Um, but we've all managed to choose a different game each. Um, Paddy, do you want to start us off? Because you probably have the, the most iconic one, but maybe the most predictable. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm the 5 1 Scottish Cup final game. That's, that's the best game I've been to. Did you not? Um, did you not travel through there with Robin? Was it Robin Nielsen you went through with? Travelled, travelled from the bar we were at up to Hamden with Robin Nielsen having a hand walking because he couldn't do it himself. He was. <laughs> you were holding his hand. No, I wasn't. That's what it sounded like. Eh? <laughs> you walked to the walked to Hamden holding hands with Robin Nielsen. <laughs> All right, I walked to Hamden holding hands with Robin Nielsen. And what wow. what happened with your bus when you were leaving? <laughs> I ran somebody over. It was a great day out, to be honest. <laughs> not, even, not even just that. You crushed somebody who only broke their arm. Let's just get right there. Oh, okay. no. That, that, but that someone, was... someone you worked like... with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I will not name names because it's, it's not fair, but but Jimmy Jimmy was trying to sue them. <laughs> was he trying to sue Hearts or the bus company? The bus company or the driver in particular. I don't see how he didn't win that if he got crushed. Because he was the one that was drunk and walked behind a reversing bus and got caught. <laughs> oh, was he? Was he in somewhere? Was he in somebody he wasn't meant to be? Yeah, he got crushed behind between a, bus. A, a stone wall and a bus. <laughs> how close was the bus to the wall? That's what I want to like. Be honest, like there was so much excitement in there that I didn't pay attention to that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he wasn't even bothered either. He was like, just get me home. Yeah. Uh, get me well, thanks for that, Paddy. You've certainly brought back some good memories there. And thank you for your detailed summary of the game. Um, Simon, what's your game? So mine's isn't actually one that um, many people remember, actually, but until I bring it up and then they realise how much of a good game it was. And I'm going to go through some things that make it such a good game. The build-up to it. If Hibs beat us at Tynecastle, we were relegated. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a horrible, a horrible reality that we were all living with that whole week. All the papers were talking about was the relegation party and how Hibs mm-hmm. are bringing balloons and the, they've sold so many blow-up balloons and leaf and all that crap, and they were coming up mm-hmm. to have a party. Lee Griffiths was in the crowd in the Hibs end Sorry, watching what? that game. Our team was rubbish, but Hibs, you forget, were also on. I think um, when I watched the highlights, they said that of the last 12 games, they'd only won one. So I don't know if they were favourites going in. I don't remember, but we were bottom of the league. And then we were brilliant. We we scored a first-half goal, Dale Carrick. It was well judged to be onside because it was onside, but in in real time, it looked offside. I was sitting in the old stand, so I was right next to the away fans. So it was brilliant seeing all those balloons just kind of go under the seats. <laughs> and everyone kind of realised that if Hibs lose this, they're in danger as well. Yeah. And then they had they scored and it got ruled off. So you got that joy of when the 
the away fans go mad and then they have to just calm down again That's and you get to way do the moment. Way. <laughs> and it just it's brilliant and then um we were singing you're going down with the jambos which i've never been so happy to sing and then um Honestly, I think every every person listening to this and the three of you should go back and watch our second goal in that game. It is so underrated. But before I get there, actually, secret secret special mention to secret agent Alan Mabry for getting <laughs> for being being on a booking and taking last man out, knowing that he was getting a straight red anyway. But doing it anyway, proud of him. <laughs> but yeah, all right. The the second goal in that. In that game, um, I think it's a throw into Hibs just outside our box, and they throw it in. And Scott Robinson, I think it is, steals the ball away and either gives it to I think it's Sam Nicholson. And mm-hmm. from where Scott Robinson steals the ball, that one pass, only two more passes, and we were Billy King was one on one with the goalkeeper, and the break took like eight seconds. It's such a good goal. I couldn't see it because cause I was in the old stand, there was a big pillar right in the way of <laughs> where that goal was and I couldn't see a thing. Oh, man. But I just heard everyone going mental and obviously it goes in, you watch it later. But that is such an underrated Derby goal. It's so good. It's such a good counter-attack. And just seeing all them streaming out as soon as that, because you remember there was the wee side door on their way stand, yeah, yeah. you could see all the fans coming out. We were right there, and it, it was absolutely <laughs> one of the best days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to go back. I, I can't remember that second goal from memory now. I need to go back and have a look. <clears throat> that's superb. Um, aye, that, that's, kind of, that's probably where it must be. Nah, it, it's older than this, but the phrase Hibs that certainly was embedded at that point. I think it started in 19, like 1990 or 1991, whenever they went into admin. And then for then on, it's just... It is the most hibs-dit thing, having a relegation party. Mm-hmm. Essentially for your own relegation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Hibs, eh? Hibs. Well, there's two hibs stories for you. I'll, I'll button now to break up the gap, if you don't mind, Hammy. Um, I'm going to talk about a game from December the 17th, 2017. The game played at Tyne Castle um, involving Heart of Midlothian and Celtic Football Club. It was uh, an early kickoff on a Sunday morning. What could have possibly went wrong for the record breakers? Going into it, we were unbeaten at home for five games and finally finding some form after starting the season poorly. Celtic were starting to falter a bit. A few draws, a few poor performances in Europe and some very early calls for Brendan Rodgers to design Having said that, there were still 69 games unbeaten going into this game, and what a game it was. All week leading up to it, I think there was generally a lot of excitement about the game and quite a lot of good feelings about it. I think everyone really thought Hearts had a chance. Um, I was certainly excited, also because it was my work Christmas party on the Friday night. Um, so, so on that Friday, um, after the Christmas party, I ended up in Club Tropicana, the standard, um, <laughs> in, the, in the in the wee hours of the night, I got talking to a Celtic fan uh, out in the smoking bit, and I was accompanied by my pal from work, Lee, who's a massive Rangers man. Um, instead of punching each other, see, then we actually managed to to speak about football, absolutely inebriated, 
And I told that Celtic fan with full confidence that I thought we were going to beat them on Sunday. And not only that, that we would beat them 4-0. And that's exactly what happened. To this day, I can only hope that that Celtic fan remembers that. Remembers the most bold prediction of all time. I said, I hope he wasn't too drunk to remember. Uh, unfortunately, Lee, the Rangers man, can't remember himself. But I'm positive I said it. Just never put money on it. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of the actual game, um, it started off quite shaky actually. The first 20 minutes was, was kind of all Celtic. Scott Sinclair was in brilliant form and he was giving Connor Randall, who's at Ross County next season by the way, he was giving Randall absolute nightmares bombing in the left flank. I think he had about four or five crosses into the box. John McLaughlin was making saves left, right and centre. It was a bit of a nervy affair. Um, and then all of a sudden, struck for Celtic. So on the 26th minute, a six-year-old Cox had perfectly trapped the ball in his left foot and smashed it home to Scott Yard's le- uh, Scott Yard, Scott Brown's <laughs> legs. I think, I think Castle went into absolute ra- raptures. Couldn't quite believe what we were seeing. Ten minutes later, the tide turned for certain. Kyle Lafferty took a shot from 25 yards out across goal. Everyone in the stadium thought he hit it too early, but it went past Craig Gordon and off the post. Lafferty gave the Celtic fans a friendly salute and Tynecastle went into absolute meltdown. At this stage, the Green Brigade did not dare beat their drum again. <laughs> <laughs> so at halftime, it was it was two 0 um, I think it was there was so, so much you can you can certainly say is never do you go into halftime two 0 up against Celtic, um, rarely against Rangers as well. Everyone you spoke to, I'd say about seventy five percent of people thought there was no chance we were going to win it. Even at 2-0 up, they thought, they're off. it's Celtic, they'll come back and get a draw here. They could even come back and win it. I I remember watching this game because uh, I was watching it um, lying in my bed on Sunday morning and uh, I remember speaking to my dad at halftime and he was like, I can't believe it's 2-0. And we we're like, both of us were like, aye, but let's not get excited because we're obviously not going to win. Like, yeah. we were just trying to enjoy the moment, but we both knew mm-hmm. we weren't going to win. Aye. It's just that feeling that's always in your stomach against Celtic. So the, it was so nerve-wracking at half-time, but the, the, you could just feel in the atmosphere the tension, the nerves. Um, and then when the Celtic came out for the second half, Kieran Tierney had been taken off. Um, and he was getting ripped apart um, by Milinkovic. So just two minutes into the start of the second half, Milinkovic scored another one to make it 3-0. Straight away, it put everyone's minds at ease. It started to actually cross your mind that we were about to beat Celtic and end the 69-game unbeaten run. The drum continued. Uh, the lack of drum continued. There was no beat in the second half. Uh, fast forward 30 minutes. Um, after a, a number of attacks from Celtic, they started to come back into the game. Uh, John McLaughlin again is making saves left, right and centre. If you look at the extended highlights, some of these saves are unbelievable that day. Um, we managed to get back up into the box. The Milankovic manages to get himself a penalty in bags of brace. 4-0 against Celtic. No one could believe their eyes. The rest of the game, the tension was unbelievable. It was just, it was just shock. Although I'm sure at some stage we've done the pause then. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good laugh. <laughs> Probably the first and last time we get to do that against Celtic. Um, so after the game, it was just abs- absolute jubilation, but I think the shock lasted for days. 
think my favourite memory of the day in the post-match interview was a 16-year-old at the time, Harry Cockton's interview. He got asked openly, how do you think you play today? And he just answered, eh, aye, I think I've I I done all right, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Rumour has it, he still has a part of Scott Brown's soul in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best game I've ever been to. Hammy, what about yourself? I don't know, it's quite hard to top that. Um, but I'm going to go a wee bit further Javi, back. Javi wrote a school essay. This is the most right. Javi, have you ever done this much writing in English at school? I never. No, I'm, getting, I'm getting right into this podcast stuff, honestly. Um, no, I'm going to go same opposition, but a wee bit further back um, mm-hmm. to 2012. Um, now, Paddy selected the final, but I'm going to go with the semi-final because... Um, it was semi-final against Celtic, and and like you say, sort of say there, it's whenever you're playing Celtic, you go into these games, you think, yeah, you know, Celtic, they're going for the double. Can we really do this? And Hearts never even sold out their allocation that day. There was only at the total attendance was thirty-six thousand at Hamden, and Celtic always travel in numbers. We hadn't sold our allocation because that was a feeling amongst the fans. How can we beat? Celtic, yeah. you know, and that time players weren't getting paid. It was all, it was all just over the shop. It was, Aye, there was, there was almost no point in going. That's, that was a thing, like no point um, going. You saw it. I know myself. I went because semi-final, Hearts didn't get to hand in a whole lot. So you got, you've got to go. Um, and what a game that turned out to be. Um, first half, we kept them at bay. You know, Celtic at the time were a very good team. They had uh, Gary Hooper, Samaras playing, Wanyama. And we had the likes of Danny Granger, Darren Barr, Andy Driver, Scott Robinson, you know, players like that, who, like again, like I said, weren't going to get paid at the time. And it took to the second half before Rudy Scatchell scored past Fraser Forster. And again, you go 1-0 up against Celtic, like in the uh, cup final last year. It just feels utterly amazing, but you're still got that horrible dread that mm-hmm. you scored in the 47th minute you're sitting going oh no there's still a lot of game to go there is yeah. still a lot of Aye, game we, we, you almost feel like oh we shouldn't have done that <laughs> we, <laughs> we shouldn't have done, done that <laughs> so, similar time we scored in last season's Scottish Cup final actually isn't Aye. it you believe yeah. Yeah. Aye. And you're just constantly thinking when's it going to come where are they going to get the decision what will happen and of course in the 87th minute Gary Hooper scores an offside goal um, now, to be fair, the ref in that game was actually pretty good. He probably could have sent Ian Black off early on, but he didn't. He? Um, so he thought he started thinking, Christ, they've got this and we've got a decision. And you're thinking at that point, eighth, seventh minute, all I was thinking at the time was they're going to win. That's it. It's not going to. It's not even going to make it to the time. They're just going to win. Yeah. But we get a corner. I think it was. Ball comes into the box, dangles about everywhere. Zalukas hits it, and uh, I think it was Wanyama's heart, uh, arm. I think it hit, and somehow we got a penalty and added time against Celtic at Hamden, which <laughs> unthinkable. Come on now, that's not really, really ever happens. Um, and Mr. Craig Beatty, who'd barely, you know, he didn't he didn't play a lot for Hearts. He struggled with injuries, and I think he came on at halftime. I think in that game, mm. steps up, scores, which was unbelievable. But then also the most, done one of the greatest sorry. celebration I've ever seen. The most casual penalty you'll ever see. 
<laughs> situation wise, situation wise, honestly, I've, I've, I was watching. I was like, he's going to score this. I was more nervous than he was, and I was like, he's actually Aye. just going to score this. It looked like he, he looked like he wasn't bothered at all. If it no. went in or not, ah well. No. And what about that That's, celebration? Hamilton, uh, the most iconic ever. Well, it's always funny watching it back because the tap comes off and you see the <laughs> it's Darren Barr and Ryan McGowan chasing after him. Darren Barr had to stop right at the edge of the pitch because he was booked. Ryan McGowan didn't give a fuck, just kept running right around <laughs> the whole running track with him. And um, there's actually, after that second goal, I had a wee laddie sitting in front of me. And uh, Is when he that did? second went in, I just picked him up. I just <laughs> picked up this wee laddie in front of me. Uh, like, put him pretty much on my shoulder. Just like, ah, look at him, look at him. And there is that photo of the fans when he's doing that, and you can see that we like him. <laughs> um, but um, no, that's, that was, and just after it, you know, beating Celtic, Neil Lennon going absolutely Oh, oh him storming onto the pitch at the oh, end of the game, oh, that was so satisfying. Right <laughs> and it was, it was good, because like I say, we were, we were sort of down and out that season. It turned out to be a pretty good season at the end, but um, Scottish Cup win. But that game, beating Celtic in very unusual circumstances, that, that one will always, I'll always remember that game. It was no. brilliant. Can, can you remember who did Tibbs have in their semi final? No, Aberdeen. Rangers. Was it Rangers? Aberdeen. Yeah, it was Aberdeen. Aberdeen. It was Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Trying to remember who put Rangers out. I'm sure we certainly done it the hard way, obviously, putting Celtic out. Just kind of mind who to look up after. I'm not sure actually. Were Rangers not a League Two team at that point? Were they? No. Were they? I think they might be. Uh, Some trivia. If you're you're listening at home, have a guess and then Google it like we'll do after this. (laughs) We could Google it right now, but what's the point? That would spoil the fun. Too lazy. I've got got stopwatch. I've got Zoom. I've got a Word document here. It must be mental before you could just Google things. How many arguments folk had? We still have arguments now, and we could, just go, we could end this argument right now by Googling it. But what, where's the fun in that? Uh, eh? I've literally got a, a Google thingy next, sitting right next to me here as well. <laughs> I could just ask it. But I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have time for this week, folks. Next week, unless something groundbreaking happens, we'll be bringing you our best 11 from all Hearts players of the last decade or so. Uh, I can't wait to try and coax the boys into letting me slot David Abua in on the left wing. If you, ha- if you have enjoyed the show, uh, do tell Jambo Pals all about it if you want, and don't forget to spread the good word on social media. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast. And if you want to send us an email for some reason, it's heartspodcast at gmail.com. A special thanks to Padman Scoop Productions for his copious amounts of time editing. Well, I think for tonight's show, he'll be mainly editing himself out. So until next time, keep your ear to the ground and we'll see you again soon. Say now. Hearts. 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 Hearts.